the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. I'm Tiffany Weber. I'm a real estate attorney in Mooresville, North Carolina, and I help people make smart decisions about their real estate. Welcome to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? I'm coming to you live from our South Florida office of Maximum Lawyer. I'm at the shared office of our buddies, Mark Brown and Adam Rawson here in Fort Lauderdale. I have a case in Miami tomorrow. I'm having dinner with two of our guild members, Estraita and Jane, tonight, and I came up to see Mark and Adam, and so I'm coming to you from one of their offices, and it's got a great view of downtown Fort Lauderdale. I cannot tell you how jealous I am. The moment you set, you you texted me and Becca and let us know that you were doing it, I was so jealous. I wanted to fly down with you, but uh, I hope you're having a lot of fun. So just, just have a lot of fun. Just know I'm really, really jealous of you. All right. Well, we're really excited to have Tiffany on the show. And Tiffany's been a member of the Guild for a while, and we've sort of heard your remarkable story from law school to law firm owner. And I thought we might begin, Tiffany, if you're willing to sort of tell that story of how you came to run your own law firm. Yeah, I'm happy to. So I came to the law a little non-traditionally. I'm a second career lawyer. I started law school while I was working for an appliance manufacturer. I went to law school at night and worked during the day, came out of law school and started working for this guy in litigation. I learned a lot, but he had a partner who did real estate. And I decided to start bugging the real estate partner and saying, hey, you got anything I can help you with? I was just interested in learning more about that area of practice because I got the feeling that litigation, while interesting, was not my long-term play. And eventually this guy said, yes, he said, I've got some things you can work on. And his name was Ben Thomas. And we started working together more and more to the point where, you know, our families would spend time together, We'd you know, out to dinner several times a week to get to know each other. And we got to a point where we were like, you know what, our styles really mesh. What if we just spun off the firm and focused only on real estate law? So we did. <laughs> Right. Let's see. We opened April 2020. So I should mention that Ben Thomas, who I'm talking about, at the time we spun off was 62. (laughs) And at the time I was 30. (laughs) So quite a bit of an age difference there. But we had similar values. And he was thinking about the longevity of his firm. He didn't want when he retired for his practice area to just 
fade away. So I seemed like a good solution to him and, you know, was energetic about taking the firm forward into the future. And so we spun off and started Thomas and Weber in 2020. The next year in March, 2021, I get a call from his wife as we were supposed to be meeting them for dinner in a matter of a half hour saying, I have found Ben unresponsive and he has passed away. So I went from being a, you know, surprised 30 year old partner (laughs) to an even more surprised and devastated now solo in a very short amount of time. So Tiffany, um, I, and I know this may not be the easiest thing for you to go over. So if, if you will, will you just take us to that moment that you find out and what's going through your mind at that time and just walk us through that? Well, aside from the shock, I was thinking about, you know, we have 15 paralegals and I thought I have to let them all know it's going to be, you know, delivering 15 rounds of heartbreak one after the other. And I was thinking, how am I going to do that? And then in general, how am I going to do all of this without him? That was not our plan. And I kept repeating the phrase, I thought we had more time. I just thought we had more time than this. You know, we had planned for the idea that he wouldn't be at the firm someday, but that was not the day. We were supposed to have another good four or five years of this before he said, yeah, I just want to go chill and you know, fly the planes and be out on the water. So it felt like, okay, maybe we're prepared to keep the firm going, but not like this. This is not what we wanted. You know, it was just kind of complete and total shock. I think we got the name of our episode title. I thought we had more time. That's what my mom kept saying mm-hmm. when my dad passed away last year in December. Mm-hmm. I know because for those of you who don't know, we recorded this episode last week, but Jim forgot to hit record. So later on, one of my hacks will be if you're recording a podcast, make sure to hit record. But <laughs> Tiffany very graciously came back and I know you had to rally the troops. And I think I remember that you had sort of a busy week in the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday after he passed. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. So we're a high volume real estate firm. And at the time, you know, you've got two full-time attorneys doing two closings an hour from the time we open to the time we close. And he passed away on a Saturday night. On Monday morning, we had a team meeting and I said, we know exactly what Ben would expect of us and what he would want. And I know that we're capable of this. We're going to do every single one of the closings we had on the schedule. We're going to do them on time. And these people are going to be happy when they walk out of the store. So everyone unequivocally agreed and all hands on deck to make sure that happened for our clients. It doesn't mean we weren't grieving. It doesn't mean I didn't have to go lock myself in the bathroom right before the first closing to gather myself to make sure, like, I got to be able to put my game face on and do this. But the team, without question, said, yes, we will accomplish this. So it was kind of madness that first week, especially. But somehow I look back and think, we did it. We hit every single one of them. Nobody rescheduled. Nobody was delayed. We got through it. So we talked about this before, but I mean, you kind of have had to find your own vision for the firm. And I wonder if you could tell people what it's been like to try to get them on board, your people on board with your vision, because what he had was different than what you had. And so will you talk to us about Mm -hmm. that part of it? Yes, that was really interesting. And that has a lot to do with why I joined the guild in the first place. It's that I went from having a built-in guide, security blanket, safety net, whatever, you know, a mentor, someone to talk to, to feeling like I didn't have that anymore. And the guild 
kind of filled that need for me pretty quickly. And when I had my hot seat with the two of you, I can't remember which one of you asked me, but it put it on the map for the first time for me of, okay, I understand where you and your partner were going to take the firm, but what do you want? And I kind of sat there like, oh, what do I want? I don't know. So I had to reconsider, do I execute to the plan that we had or are my long-term goals different than the plan that my partner and I had? And I realized that they are a little bit different, not drastically different, but in the ways that they are, I had to tell the team, hey, I know that we've always done it this way. And our plan was to get Ben to retirement and then we were going to do some things. But that's not what we're doing anymore. So kind of like our ideals and our values are the same, but our long-term plan has changed. So having a team that was a little bit resistant to change and always has been, I think where we got the buy-in was from them. We went through hell together. So they watched how we all responded in that. And it's, I think it's a lot easier to get buy-in when they see your character in those moments and know that you're not just in this for selfish reasons. You know, my goal was through this to make sure business stayed strong enough that not a single one of them had to worry about looking for another job. We accomplished that. So I found that that helped a lot in getting their buy-in. Doesn't mean it was smooth sailing always. You know, people had questions, but it also helped that our senior most paralegal completely bought in. So, you know, she kind of led the team and said, it's okay. You guys see that you know, things are stable. We're, we're not, you know, losing people left and right. Our business has stayed strong. I'm not worried. You guys have nothing to be worried about. So that helped a lot as well. All right. So I take it back. We're changing the title of this episode to what do I want? And I think that's a really, really great insight. And I'm glad you brought it up again. I'm wondering where did you land when you answered that question for yourself? I thought about, and a a lot of this was influenced by the fact that Shortly after Ben passed away, I found out I was having my first child and, you know, didn't always know that I wanted children or that I would have children. So I kind of thought I'm going to be running crazy for years and years and years. And then whenever I found out I was pregnant, I realized, oh, you know, I think about what my law partner's children said. And really, they talked about what a wonderful father they had. If they could change anything, it's that when they were younger, he was so busy and that broke my heart to a million pieces. And I thought, okay, well, they've given me the insight. What am I going to do with it? So I realized I want to set up a firm that allows me to be there when my daughter is small. And um, I don't want my daughter now to be at the end of my life saying she was a great mom. I just wish she had been around more when I was small. So that kind of drove the the way I wanted to set up the firm long term. So I hired some more associates so that I'm not the only one doing all the closings. I, you know, have tried to set up the firm in a way that we can be responsive to the changing way that we're going to serve clients in the future because we'll have e-closings in North Carolina by next summer. I want to open up more offices, but not necessarily me be the only one that's running it. So I've tried to set up things so that I'm no longer the only thing about the brand. I'm not the only person delivering the legal services. And my law partner, he was happy to have continued being the only person doing all the legal work until he retired. And I've discovered I'm <laughs> that's not the same thing for me. I don't feel it like he did about that. Do you envision yourself stepping outside of the law and just running the firm at some point soon? I don't know that I would say soon, but yes. Because I and I wonder what it's been like for you to let go of some of that work, especially in such a transition period where 
it's you and him doing most of the work. And then all of a sudden you're now taking over the reins of the firm. And now you're having to release that over to some associates to do the work. So what's that been like for you? (laughs) Hard, (laughs) awful at times. It's so hard to let go. And it's what we hear people say in the guild and out all the time is that, well, I can just do it myself so much faster. And I've realized, okay, well, I'll keep saying that until I retire if I don't just train someone on how to do this and build out our processes. So I've just made it a rule that anytime I'm training someone on how to do something new while I'm training them, I'm documenting the process as we go so that I don't have to do it again. And they can refer back to the process because I found that if I don't do that exercise while I'm training someone on something, then I will revert back to my old habits of I will just do it because I can get it done so much faster. (laughs) So it has not been easy and I'm a work in progress for sure, but I'm making efforts to get better about it. Running your own practice can be scary. Whether you're worried about where the next case will come from, feeling like you're losing control over your growing firm or frustrated from being out of touch with everyone working under your license, the stress can be overwhelming. We will show you how to turn that fear into a driving force of clarity, focus, stability, and confidence that eliminates the roller coaster of guilt-ridden second-guessing and mistake-making to get you off that hamster wheel for good. Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time is a step-by-step playbook that shows you how to identify what your firm needs and how to proactively get it at every stage of the game so you are prepped and excited for the inevitable growth that will follow. Name the lifestyle that you want, and we'll show you how to become a Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. Find out more by going to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash course. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today, Tiffany Weber, real estate attorney and law firm owner, guild member, and awesome mom. Tiffany, I noticed one of the members in the guild today said that she is expecting, and we were all very excited mm-hmm. for that. And I know that Tyson and I recorded an episode with Elise and Lindsay and Amelia earlier this year about you know what to think about when you're a law firm owner and a mom-to-be. And I'm just wondering what advice you might tack on to the kinds of things that Elise talked about. Well, I think the things that set me up to, and I don't know that I completely nailed entering motherhood and owning a law firm, but the things that made me feel much better about it are really two things. One, I hired one more attorney than I thought I needed. Now they're both completely slammed. And two, I made a plan for if I wanted to come back immediately or if I didn't. So I anticipated I'm going to want to be back at the office as soon as possible. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, what if medically something happens and that I can't go back as soon as possible? Or what if I find that I don't want to go back as soon as possible, but my only path forward is to get to the office ASAP? So I tried to plan for both of those scenarios. So the more difficult one to plan for is that I didn't want to go back right away. So I kind of set everything up that way. That way, if I wanted to go back sooner, great. It is very easy to go back faster. It's much more difficult to go back more slowly. I want to talk a little bit about your tips for attorneys when it comes to succession planning. So it's a little bit different than what we were just talking about. But I could imagine a scenario where the conversation's with Ben's wife could have gone really awry, could have gone really bad, Mm -hmm. but it's my understanding that they didn't because he had prepared for that. So will you talk about a little bit about that part of it, but then also your advice to attorneys starting their firms when it comes to succession planning? Mm -hmm. Yes. So Ben, the great thing about him is that he had something called Ben's death plan. He told me where it was saved and he made me review it with him regularly. 
And I, the reason I'm chuckling and nobody can see my face, I'm chuckling because he was a terrible speller. And in his death plan, he had a list of all of the things that he owned. And one was his Cadillac, but he spelled it C-A-D-A-L-A-C. So <laughs> I, that, I just get a kick out of that every time I think about it. But he had a list of everything he owned, what he wanted done with it. So it was kind of like an add-on to his estate plan. And we'd kind of already worked out as we entered into our partnership what we wanted to happen with the firm. So, of course, yes, lots of risk that me buying out the estate's interest could have gone sideways. I'm lucky that it did not, and that I remain great friends with his family even now. But you open yourself up to much more potential for conflict without any sort of discussions like this. And one thing that uh, he and I always agreed on is that let's have the hard conversations now before we even get into this so that inevitably when we disagree or something bad happens to one of us, we're ready for it. So having that plan that he'd written to go to, uh, I thought was especially important because he told me to do the same thing. He said, I know you're like, you're young, you're healthy, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But if something bad happens to you, I need to know how to help your husband. I need to tell him how to get to the life insurance, how to do all of the things that only you do in your house that I know how to do and he may not. So it was also kind of a kindness to help his family and his spouse through where is everything that, you know, they didn't even know where to find all the stuff. So that plan included where to find all the stuff. Who do you talk to about the accounts? Who's the trustee on this? Who, you know, he was so detailed. And when it comes to making a plan like that, I don't think you can ever be detailed enough. Just put it in there. <laughs> if it's not needed, great. It's not needed. But just if you think it might be relevant, put it down. All right. So today we're recording on August 18th, 2022. And we spent 22 minutes of this podcast talking about the past. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the future. So you have this firm that's operating pretty well. You got a good team. Things are solid. There's a blank canvas in front of you, Tiffany. What's next? Like, where do you want to go? Where do you see it two years from now? Well, I've got two things. One will happen before two years, but the goal is in two years from now, I would like a second, potentially a third office. And a year from now, the day that North Carolina is allowed to do e-closings, we're going to be doing e-closings that day. And it requires some planning, you know, getting, we've had our whole staff, they're in e-notaries and they have been for, you know, probably the last 18 months, two years, well before this was ever going to really be allowed. So now we got to get everybody ready for the procedures because I do not want to be the last. Uh, in fact, I want to be the first firm that's doing it at scale. I always tell the team, we don't let things happen to us. So we're just going to get ahead of it and we're going to be doing them on day one. I love that phrase. We're not going to let things happen to us. That is fantastic. That should be like your rallying cry. And it, it's, it definitely is a testament to you as a leader. Really, really is. It could also be the title of this episode. <laughs> Jim, and, Jim and titles today. Jeez, it definitely could be. I am not going to let this happen to us. That's great. So talk a little bit about really leadership, what it's been like to go through this when it, from a leadership perspective, and really some advice that you would give to other attorneys when it comes to leadership and leading their teams through difficult times. Because, I mean, it may not be a death of a partner, but it may be something else. And leading them through that storm is really, really important. So talk about that a little bit. Well, this is certainly the most challenging thing I've ever dealt with in any sort of leadership position I've ever held. 
But I think the thing that has helped our firm and helped us keep so many people on the team, you know, we've only lost like one person to another job and one person to moving away in the last little bit. So, you know, we keep the team and they're pretty consistent. And I think it's because I alluded to it before is that I think they feel like I'm in it with them. And as I buy myself more time and a little bit more freedom, they don't begrudge me that because I've gone through all of this with them. You know, I haven't been like an absentee. I think it's different once you've grown the firm and you have built the processes and procedures. But I've also seen lawyers who from day one, they put their team together, but they're never in there working with them or, you know, not necessarily physically there, but the team doesn't feel like, oh, you've got my back. And I've always tried very hard to help them see that I don't feel that what I do is any more important than you in this process of serving our clients. I may have the license and I may do the part that requires the law license, but the person who answers our phone is, you know, is just as critical as the person that comes after it. And we all have such a very important role in the delivery of the total service to our client. The lawyer's not the only person involved in making that client happy. So I think it's important that they see their attorney as valuing them and not necessarily all equal in the service that they provide, but in what's expected of them and their importance to the people that we serve. That's awesome. What changes have you had to make now that you're a mom to how the firm is run? Giving myself permission to leave the office. <laughs> That's probably the first one. Um, I've definitely been guilty in the past of feeling like I had to be the last one out the door. I know how crazy that is because when you become a parent or if anything in your life, I don't want to say just for parents, but I've found this to be true after becoming a parent that I'm so much more efficient with the time that I have at the office because I've got something else I've got to get to that's very important. You know, I can't just sit there all night and take my time and dawdle around and you know ponder life. I got to get this stuff done and I've got to be respectful of my time and other people's time so that I can get on to see my daughter. So that's been the biggest change and the hardest change. That's great. And it's, it's good advice to a lot of young lawyers and older lawyers too, because we all tend to, especially earlier on, we, you know, we try to grind it and grind and grind and we're at the office late and it's, it's not great for families. It's not great for marriages. It's not great for relationships. So that's great advice. Well, we are going to need to wrap things up. We're right around time. So before I do, I want to remind everyone to make sure you join us in the big Facebook group. There's a lot of great information being shared there. If you want a more high-level conversation with wonderful attorneys like Tiffany, uh, join us in the Guild. Go to maxlawguild.com. And while you're listening to the rest of this episode, if you don't mind giving us a five-star review, we would appreciate it on whatever podcast platform that you're listening to because there's a bunch of them. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? I had the great pleasure this week of getting to hang out with my mentor, Dean Jackson, and we recorded a new episode of his More Cheese, Less Whiskers podcast. You should definitely check out that show. It's a great show, but I listened to the first time I was on his show, which was six years ago. It was right around the time we started Maximum Lawyer. And at the time we had five team members, five, five team members. And my hack of the week is to keep track of how big you are sort of like on a spreadsheet so that you don't lose sight of the progress that you've made. You know, Dan Sullivan talks about the gap and the gain. And so often we get so bummed out because we can see out into the horizon, the things that we haven't done yet, but we don't always turn around to see how far we've come. So just when I was on my walk yesterday and I was re-listening to that podcast and I was talking about how, I mean, I was so clueless on that podcast, but also 
how much we've grown. It's just a, it's like keeping track of your kid's height, you know, in their bedroom on the notches on the wall. It's it's it to me it's inspiring when you can look back and see how far you've actually come. I like that. Maybe add in um, yearly firm photos too, so you can kind of show it on the wall too. That we we don't do that. We need to do that. I, I like that. It's good advice, Jimbo. Appreciate it. Tiffany, you know the routine. What is your tip or hack of the week? Okay. I potentially have two. Do you want the one I've been doing for a decade or the one I've been doing for two weeks? I want them both. You, one can be a bonus. Okay, cool. So um, the one that I've been doing for a decade is certainly not going to be new to longtime listeners of the podcast, but I like to take whatever my big goals are for the year, put them on a sticky note on my monitor. And as new projects or new demands on my time pop up, I look at those goals and say, how does this help me meet one or two or however many goals I have? And if the answer is it doesn't, then I find a way to delegate it or decline it. So right now my goal is to buy the building that I'm in, which we're going to be closing on in the next 45 days and then 3 million in revenue. So if it doesn't do either of those things, it doesn't help me get closer to that, then yeah, delegate or decline. So that's the decade one. Um, And then the one that I've just started doing is I started using superhuman for email I don't know if you guys have seen the ads for that. I've been on the wait list for this thing forever. And once I finally got it, I was like, gosh, it was worth the wait. So I feel like an email wizard. The I know Outlook and all the others have keyboard shortcuts, but these shortcuts are so easy to remember. I'm like blazing fast through my emails. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Superhuman is really, really good. I learned about it from Ryan McKean and I got a referral link from him and it's it really is good. It does. There's a, a slight learning curve with it. But once you've figured it out and, and if you are a shortcuts person, like I am, I like, I'm not a mouse clicker. I like to do shortcuts. And so it's great, especially for people that like shortcuts. So it's a great tip. I like it. So mine is, let me ask Jimbo really quick. What day are you on, Jimmy? I am on day 11, one seventh. Nice. Very good. So I'm on day 74. Very good. I can't believe I've got it. Two I'm so proud of you. I've got today and tomorrow, so I'm excited. But I will tell you sometimes, and this is not every day, it's rare, but sometimes you'll just be so like, just throughout the day, you'll be, you'll be so exhausted and you'll be doing so many different things. You forget like what you've, like how many you've drank. So you'll over drink the water just to make sure you've drank enough of it. So I downloaded this app and I finally got sick of doing that where I was like, okay, I'm just going to drink a bunch more water just in case, even though I was pretty sure I'd had plenty of water, but I just, I was overdoing it. So I downloaded this app. It's called drink water. It's pretty simple. Drink water. And you just can easily, it's a free app. There's, you get an ad every once in a while, but for the most part, you can just add your, your uh, ounces in there and it makes it a lot easier. So I recommend that for people. This is so great. I'm showing on the screen because I'm traveling today. I don't have my usual water bottle. I'm drinking it out of these 12 ounce bottles trying to get up to my gallon. So I appreciate it. You guys can't see it on the podcast, but I have little handwriting of I'm at 88 ounces right now. Yeah, it seems like such a simple thing. Oh, I can easily, you know, count to 128, you know, like I can easily, but it's like you get busy and you do other things and you're like, you're having to make sure that you get it all down. So um, that's to, for everyone that's doing 75 hard, or if you just want to drink a bunch of water and if you got a target, that's an, it's an easy app to use. Very good. I'm glad that helps you, Jimmy. Uh, I know you're at the beginning of the journey, but you're going to knock it out. But Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for coming on again and re-recording. But, Happy uh, to. Just an excuse to talk to you guys again. I was thrilled too. I love it. And by the way, if anybody needs some audio video set up, Tiffany, just can you give your husband a plug really quick for your audio <laughs> yes. visual setup? 
Yes, I can. So my husband does our marketing. So if like anybody's seen our YouTube channel, the real estate lawyer, he's responsible for all of that. But he has a company called Weber Marketing, easy enough to remember. And so he is responsible for all my sound, lighting. I'm in his studio right now. And uh, he helps people set up their their studios sometimes. So uh, we'll give him all the credit for this. Love it. Very cool. So thank you so much, Tiffany. That was great. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.